Well, I'm here and I'm turned on. <laughs> Greetings to all of you, uh, dear friends, most of you unknown, friends in Christ, nevertheless. Greetings from South Carolina. As you know, on Palm Sunday, Jesus had many friends and followers in the parade. But then they began to disappear as this cross grew near. And Mark tells us in chapter 14 that the disciples chose to flee from him, his closest disciples. Mark tells us instead they all forsook him and fled. And then we read in Mark's own gospel, verses 51 and 52 of chapter 14. Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body, and the young man laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. O Lord, separate us to yourself more and more through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Two years ago, on a hot summer day, I stood on the streets of Okabina, Minnesota. Raise your hands if you know where Okabina is. Good for you. It was a wonderful hot day. And as I stood there, they had the Okabina Parade down Main Street. Who doesn't like a patriotic parade as it passes by and the American flag is held high? Now, I love the flag. I always put my hand over my heart when it passes by, but I've never carried the flag. The past 50 years or so, going back, thousands of soldiers have died for that flag in our country. And I've prayed for those soldiers. Lost some classmates in the Vietnam War, but I've never been a soldier. I'm a fan of the South Carolina Gamecock football team, which you've probably never heard of. I'm a fan of the Minnesota Vikings that you have heard of. Neither of those teams wants me to play for them. The point is that we all have situations where we, we realize it's necessary. We cannot be flag bearers. We cannot carry the ball. We cannot walk in the parade. We can't fight on the, bat, on the, on the football field or on the war-torn shores overseas. But when it comes to our calling as disciples and followers of Christ, our Lord wants flag bearers and soldiers. The young man in our text was probably Mark, or John Mark himself. When Jesus was captured in Gethsemane, his disciples scattered into the darkness presumably to find comfort in the darkness. But Mark tells us that when some men grabbed hold of him, he fled from them and left his garment. He was afraid. Mark had been a follower of Jesus. He was a, a, a recent recruit. He'd even gone through some basic training through his relative Peter, who was close to him, uncle, cousin, we don't know, probably uncle. And through Jesus' teaching. 
So Mark had received some basic training as a soldier of Christ and a follower. And you've all received that training too. We call it basic training as pastors. Because you need to grow. We all need to grow. I'm older than most of you, I think. I'm still growing. Spiritually. So, we've all received basic training from our Savior's Word. The question I want you to ask yourselves this morning is, what are you doing? What are you doing with that training you've received? When th things heated up for Mark, what did he choose to do? He chose to desert Jesus and go into the comfortable darkness of the night. It was cool. He didn't even mind leaving his outer gown in the hands of others. But the good news is, as you follow the story of Mark in the book of Acts, the Lord did not desert Mark the way Mark deserted him. We learn that Paul took Mark along on the apostles' first missionary journey, and everything went well along the island of Cyprus. But then, later, along the coast of Asia Minor, what did Mark do? He deserted Paul, and he deserted his fellow missionaries. He deserted Jesus again. When Paul and Barnabas were planning their second missionary journey, the book of Acts tells us that Barnabas uh, went to Paul and wanted to take Mark along, and Paul said, nothing doing. He deserted before. We're not taking him with. And they, they become rather strong in their opinion about Mark. And it led to a separation between Paul and Barnabas. And so uh, Barnabas left Paul on that missionary journey and he took Mark with him back to Cyprus. That's not the end of the story. Many years later, when Paul is in Rome, where he writes these words to, to Timothy in his second letter that you heard earlier, Paul is facing death. And that's when he wrote to Timothy, get Mark. Bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. What happened in those years? Mark grew by the grace of God. So now he knows he's going to face danger with Paul in Rome, but he goes anyway. Because by the Lord's gracious working in him, Mark had become a real flag bearer, a soldier for Christ. According to tradition, Mark died a, a martyr's death for the faith, for the cross, for the mission of Christ. Now you heard the reading from Jonah, you're probably familiar with those words. I don't know if you've read the end of Jonah. But it's interesting, that same uncaring Jonah, who had to be chased by the Lord, swallowed by a great fish and so on, and, you know, you're drowned in the, in the sea. This Jonah now is sitting under uh, probably a fig tree outside of Nineveh, still not caring for the Ninevites at all. He loved the shade of that tree. It was comfortable. So he sat there. And the Lord said, what are you doing here? This isn't why I sent you. You remember Zacchaeus? Little Zacchaeus? Who when Jesus was going by, he was sitting up in the sycamore tree, high so he could see he was a short fellow. Sitting in the shade of the tree. We know why he was a little reluctant to come down. He felt like a great sinner. But Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down, for I must stay at your house. 
The point is, is that as the Lord Jesus passes by in our lives and he calls us by his gospel, he wants us to move along with him. If we don't move along with him, the danger is we're going to be torn away from him and from his word. Especially in these days. Paul said, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses unto salvation. The two go together, Romans 10. Our confession of Jesus is important to him and to us. For he says again in Matthew 10, Jesus says, Whosoever confesses me before man, him will I confess also before my Father who is in heaven. Whosoever denies me before man, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Think about this. Jesus hung on that cross between two evildoers. The one on the left mocked him. If you're the son of God, save us and yourself. The one on the right confessed his faith in Jesus. He said, remember, when, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What happened to that thief? After a life of, of maldoing, evil doing, the Lord had brought him to faith. The Lord made him a flag bearer and a soldier late in his life. And then, mercifully, he took that thief on the right to his rest in heaven. Took him from the battlefield. For young Pastor Timothy, the fight was a lot longer. You heard Paul's words, Timothy, the young pastor. I wonder if you noted that when Paul writes to Timothy and says, "My child, we've known the Holy Scripture, they will make you wise to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And that all Scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for, for instruction in righteousness. That last part's important. That the man of God, the Christian, be made complete unto every good work. That's important. The scriptures make us complete unto every good work. Being a Christian is not a spectator sport. We're in a fight. Today, as I think Christians have said in every evil day, more than ever. We're in a fight against the forces of evil that want to tear us away from our Savior and prevent his kingdom from coming. The question is, are we fighting to resist the enemy who's always trying to snatch God's word away from us through neglect? So the difference? Do we lack courage to stand with Jesus for the sake of others? Or are we like Jonah who doesn't care? Are we spectators of flag bearers and soldiers? In Acts 23, we learn that Paul's own Jewish people threw him in jail because he shared the gospel. But then that night, Jesus appeared to him and he said, take courage. And then the Lord comforted Paul with his word. So that he might continue to comforting others with the gospel of salvation. <clears throat> like Paul and Mark and Timothy, we also may take courage in the Christ and his gospel as we share. You know the words. Think about what Jesus said 
and the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to whom? To me. All authority in heaven and earth, Jesus says, is given to me. So we know he has all authority in heaven and earth. We also know that he's the one who sends us to make disciples. Nobody else sent us. Christ did. And through the word of the apostles, he continues to send us. And he doesn't just send us overseas, as he did with pastor years ago. And it's Christ who promises that he'll be with us even to the end of the age. And where? Always. Always. Downtown Marcus End, when you're talking to your neighbors, across the fence, across the field, wherever you are, the one who sent you with his gospel is with you. So take courage in his promises that his word, as he says in Isaiah 55, will accomplish whatever he pleases. It'll prosper where he sends it. And again in Romans 1, his gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. Take courage in these words. Now I said before, it's important to remember what Paul wrote to Timothy about the scriptures bringing us not only doctrine and correction and so on, but making us complete for every good work. The more that we study God's word, the more that we come to Bible class, the worship services, to hear the word preached from a faithful pastor, the more we review the catechism with our children or for ourselves because we're getting older, the more we're going to be prepared and the more courage we're going to have to share the gospel with others. This is what our Savior wants for all of us, to be soldiers and flag bearers, not comfort seekers, not those who sit in the shade trees of life. We know the fight is a lot fiercer beyond these church views, by the way. Tens of thousands of Christians throughout the history of the church have been thrown to the lions and burned at the stake, right? They've been crucified, beheaded. Why? Because they were flag bearers and soldiers of the cross. And even now, if you're following what's going on overseas, you know that your brothers and sisters in Christ are being persecuted by hostile rulers and heathen neighbors who hate the cross, who hate the Savior, who therefore hate them. You know this is going on. So as you sit here in the pews today at Marquesan, are, are you inspired by their courage for Christ? We haven't seen the fires of persecution. We haven't felt the burning flames around us. We haven't been consumed by ferocious beasts in our communities. We're protected in this country so far. The question is, can we take even a little heat? Just a little of the heat suffered by our others who are in the fight of faith. Maybe you have a friend, for example, who believes in the theory of evolution. What if you told your friend that the first three chapters of the Bible not only tell us that there is a creator God who brought everything into being with the power of nothing but his word, 
But in those three chapters, it's also told us that he's going to send a Savior from sin. In the first three chapters of Genesis, what if you said to your friend, now, I'm a sinner. Me, myself, not. I need not only a creator God, but a God who is himself my Savior. What about you? Would you say that? Or something similar? To someone you cared about? Or suppose someone told you that Jews, Muslims, and Christians believe in the same God. Or as uh, Bill O'Reilly said many years ago, that uh, everyone is accepted before God as long as he is as good as he can be. He was referencing uh, a, a member of the Islamic faith. What if someone said that to you? That people go to heaven if they do more good than bad? Would you let it ride? What if you said all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God? Being declared freely through Christ and his righteousness. What if you said God laid the sins of all the world upon his eternal son and he's the only way, he's the only truth, the only way. The only life for sinful mankind. What if you said, I beg you, I beg you, trust in him, trust in him alone. Having spoken of Christ in love, and I'm sure you have, you may feel a burning sensation rising in your face. I felt shame, embarrassment. It's actually that we're put on the spot. We love our Savior, but we're put on the spot because we opened our mouth. We dared to say something, and it wasn't maybe all that well received. And so we feel a, feel a little bit of the heat, a fiery discomfort as our face turns red. But this uncomfortable feeling passes, doesn't it? You go in front of the mirror the next day, your face is normal. Where are the worries? And when that uncomfortable feeling passes, the comfort of the Holy Spirit really rushes in and displaces that, that momentary embarrassment. Mark learned to be uncomfortable and to be comfortable. And so can we. At Okabina's 4th of July parade, I, I watched from the comfort of a shade tree. It was hot. And as I watched and the parade went by, I saw you know how it goes. Candy thrown to the children. And I thought to myself, what a wonderful thing to be just out there clowning around throwing candy to children. I almost stepped out of the shade. Who doesn't like to share sweet things, right? The Bible tells us that God's word itself is sweeter than honey. You know that passage? Sweeter than honey. Not to everybody, but to sinners like you and me. It's sweeter than honey. It's the love and comfort of his grace. Should we not leave the comfort of our shade trees to throw out this sweet message of forgiveness and mercy and love from the eternal God to others who need him as much as we do? 
What's the answer to that question? You can answer it in two words. Of course. Of course. So let's pray. Oh Lord, if at times we have felt the heat and fled the scene, forgive us. Make us more than fans and spectators. Be patient with us as you were with Mark. Put your own mark upon us as your flag bearers and soldiers. Grant us more grace to be all that you want us to be. Amen. I may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds from all anxiety in Christ Jesus, especially when you go out and share his word.